Welcome to the Tossing Clubs Podcast. Next on the tee, your hosts, Frank Jang, Zach Moses, and Aaron Tan. Yo, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Tossing Clubs. This is Frank. I'm joined by Zach and Aaron. And guys, it's PGA Championship Week. I am so stoked. But before we talk about that whole tournament, let's do a quick recap of the AT&T Byron Nelson. Shout out to KH Lee for going back-to-back and really going out there and getting the dub. Shot a 63 on Sunday. Very impressive with his putter. Guys, I heard he got a new putter, so maybe it's a sign that we all need to get new putters. But, guys, what do we think about this tournament and this phenomenal leaderboard? Yeah, congrats to KH. Um, like you said, like a pretty phenomenal leaderboard on Sunday. Lots of big names there. You had Scotty up there, Justin Thomas, Xander Schauffele, a lot of big names in the mix. I thought it was pretty interesting. A lot of golf conversation was should we hold a host a tournament at this course over in Texas? Cause it was like pretty easy. The scores are pretty low and it ended up, you know, putting together like a pretty good final round Sunday with a lot of big names, but kind of brings in the question, like they play four or five tournaments in Texas every year. And like, can we just like go somewhere else? Pacific Northwest needs a tournament. I don't know. I'd like to switch it up. I feel like there's so many other good Texas tournaments. We don't necessarily need to go to uh, TPC Craig ranch again next year yeah i don't believe that we necessarily need four tournaments in texas like you said the pacific northwest i mean i'm rooting for you guys but in california can't really complain we got quite a few over here so you know maybe you should come back down to california maybe it is the best place to enjoy golf year-round because i heard it is raining over there uh aaron what did you think about kh lee and what, what do you think about his performance Cage Lee is someone I haven't really thought about since probably this same time last year, same tournament. All I know about him is he seems like a pretty cool guy. He's uh, the sexiest golfer on tour. And, you know, he he beat out Jordan Spieth and actually a, a pretty good field this week. Um, I think a lot of guys are preparing for the PGA Championship next week. So... Props to him, and uh, yeah, impressive to win this two times in a row. Yeah, I know both of you guys were rooting for Jordan. On a, you know, he had a chance to tie it with a three wood and then make a – I mean, it was a long shot eagle, but in the end, Cage Lee, he pulls it out. But what's interesting is that I think all the big names, they got a really great momentum towards this week, which is the PJ Championship. And I'm talking about Justin Thomas – Xander, Hideki, you know, I love, you guys know, I love Hideki. You know, there's Jordan Speed, a lot of great names trending really well this week for the PGA Championship. And guys, I think the number one question for me is can Jordan Speed, now that he's trending, can he win the Grand Slam? 100%. Jordan Speed is going to take next, this week's tournament. He's going to complete the career Grand Slam. It's going to be epic. I mean, he's playing. He's so hot right now. Like he, he just won the RBC Heritage. He would finish second this week at the Byron Nelson. 
his game's coming together. He's hitting the driver really long, and he's actually keeping it in play, which is huge for that for him. And then if he can just like knock in a few putts and not three putt, like not miss those three to put four footers, then it's hard not to see Jordan Spieth holding the trophy this Sunday. I just have to say those three putts scare me with Spieth. Like that used to be, we're so used to him just being such a solid putter. All his putts from you know deep end up you know two feet past the hole or whatever like if they don't go in they're real close or they have a chance three putting from seven feet and i mean it's kind of a his putting just feels shaky um this year so you know if he can get it together yeah but i gotta say don't sleep on Scotty Scheffler. I don't think anyone is, but hey, we might have forgot about him. He hasn't won since the Masters, but he's still the hottest golfer this year. He, you know, flies under the radar. He's just chill, but I think he's got a great shot at winning this major. Yeah, I imagine Scotty will be near the top, but look, I didn't get it right at the Masters. I said Scotty wasn't going to win, but I'm going to double down here and say I'm guaranteeing Scotty Scheffler is not going to win the PGA Championship. Uh, I think he, f- he finishes top 10, but I just, there's no way. I think that's a great sign for Scotty, just like the Masters. Scotty feeds on that hate. He feeds on the negative energy from the doubters. He, I love Scotty. He's a positive dude. I think he, I think he has just as good of a shot at winning as anyone else. And I'm curious to who you guys picked for your DraftKings lineup. Uh, but before we go into the PGA Championships DraftKings lineup, just want to do a quick recap on the AT&T Byron Nelson. And the only reason I want to do that is because I won this week. Let's go. And I had one player that didn't even play. So I don't even know what you guys were doing. But shout out to Xander. Shout out to Joaquin. Shout out to Adam Scott for carrying my team to the victory. Uh, I mean, it feels great. Good job, Frank. Yeah, nice. And I got third. So, you know, good job. All right. Well, I won't gloat anymore. Uh, but I'll, how about this? I'll kick us off with uh, the PGA Championship. And I have two highlights. I moved my team around to fit not only Victor Hovland, but Cameron Smith as well. One guy who is pure with his iron and another guy who is pure with his putter. I think Cameron Smith contended with the Masters, won the players. He shows up for these big-time events, and PGA Championship, I I mean, I don't think he's ever out of the race. And Victor Hovland, he's one of the guys that I guess I just want to see win a major, right? He's like the last guy that I think is just the S-tier of all golfers that currently hasn't won a major, and I think his time uh, will be this, this weekend, hopefully. And Cam Smith is a great pick. Like putting's huge, especially in majors, and he is one of the best putters on tour right now. I could definitely, yeah, I could definitely see him near the top. I think we're also forgetting another Cameron, Cameron Champ. I like him this week. I think he's gonna play <laughs> exceptionally well. I mean, he's been. Buying. I love it. Hot takes. Dude, he's not gonna win. Dude, Cameron Champ, man, he's solid. He's hitting the ball well. He's been trending up for sure. He's been around in a lot of these tournaments. I actually picked him last week. Another made cut. Like, he's finishing top 20. I mean, why not? Why not Cameron Champ? Guy hits as long as everyone else. If he gets his putty and short game together, he could be right there on Sunday. Surprise pick right there, Cameron Champ. I love that going deep. I 
have not. Wait, wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. I just sorry to interrupt. But Zach, if if your instructor didn't say, "Oh, your swing looks like Cameron Champs," would you like even think about him? Yeah, I was on Cameron Champ last year. I picked him to like win the the twenty twenty uh, PGA Championship when Colin won. I'm a huge fan oh of Cameron Champ. God. He's from Sacramento. He's a California kid. He's just like big in the community. A really cool dude. Like, there's nothing to dislike about Cameron Champ. Um, I agree. I'm a big fan. Like, yeah, I don't think he's actually going to win this week. That's why I have Jordan. I picked, I picked, I picked Jordan, but I think Cameron Champ's going to have a really good showing. I hope Cameron Champ can find some success, some more success on tour because his swing is nice. Okay, okay. I just want to go over his results this year, this season. All right, Byron Nelson, T38, Mexico Open with a very limited field, T6. By the way, he had that ridiculous like triple. Masters, T10, very good. Valero, Texas Open, cut. Players' Championship, cut. Arnold Palmer, T61. Genesis Invitational, T67. AT&T Pro-Am, cut. Farmers Insurance Open, T46. American Express, cut. Century Tournament of Champions, did, did it even start? And the Fort, Fortinet Championship, he was cut. Dude, I, I don't know, man. You're off the walls. Sounds like he's trending upwards. My, all right. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely trending upwards. T10 at the Masters. This guy shows up for big tournaments. He's like he's like Brooks Kepka light. Like he's only there to play the big tournaments. Also, check out this stat. 317.9. That's his driving distance average. This guy hits bombs and he's going to take over Southern Hills this week and he's going to finish T T20 or better. Ooh, I like it. Man, big bets uh from Zach this week. Yeah, I got to I love the going deep. I haven't set my lineup yet, but the person that I'm eyeing that's a little deeper is Joaquin Neiman. I love the way he plays. He's already shown he can win on a tough course with a hard field um, at the Genesis Open. And I think he's, you know, he's he's had a couple, you know, a couple bad breaks, a couple you know, he was right there. He, he kind of had a bad round on Sunday. Um, but I think his game is right there and I'm, I'm predicting he'll contend and at least top 10. Like it. Love walking. I think he is probably one of my favorite golfers to watch because of course his swing. And I think he like Cameron champ, he does so much for the community Joaquin Neiman does so much for the Chileans. And he's actually someone who uh, is trending up as well. I think in a lot of tournaments, if he, he it seems like he's always been there and been relevant. He might not have won it, but he's been there on the weekend and just trying to, uh, you know, it might, the ball might not have rolled his way, but it seems like, okay, yeah, I mean, he has a shot, and I'm sure he's about to break through sooner or later with a major. So, great picks. I can't wait to watch this week. It's going to be real fun. Unfortunately, Phil's not going to be there, but it is what it is. Uh, but, you know, let's not bore the listeners anymore. We actually have a very special interview with Unique Kim, and I think we should jump straight to that. So, without further ado... Here is our interview with Uni Kim on the Women's APT. Today we have a very, very special guest from the East Bay where I grew up, Uni Kim. Uni, welcome. 
Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. Glad we caught you uh, in between your busy schedule. How uh, have you been? I've been really good. I'm currently finishing up my road trip. So I drove from NorCal to Arizona, Arizona to Texas, then went to Oklahoma, back to Texas, and now I'm in Arizona. And I'll finally be home after a month pretty soon. So <laughs> I'm excited. Ooh, wait. Tell us more about uh, yeah, your schedule. I'm super curious. Do you have time off? I, I mean, I would assume that you, if you're not playing, you're probably training and you have very little time for yourself. So when I'm home, when I get like, I would say I get about two weeks off. Um, the tour goes about three weeks on, two weeks off. And if I go home, I tend to work, including workout, it's probably about eight hours a day. And then, um, but I, out of seven days of the week, I take one day off, um, one day of just nothing golf related. So at the beginning of the year, um, one of my best friends who plays, who's also on the tour, what we, she'd come and we'd go hiking or just do something very different. Cause it's hard to do eight hours and then go to bed and just do it again, uh, without a day off. So I definitely take time off, but it's a grind. <laughs> oh, I bet. I mean, for guys like us who have, you know, a nine to five, every opportunity we get to play golf, it's like, oh man, our escape. But for you, it's probably the exact opposite, right? Yeah. I mean, I definitely still play for fun. Like both my parents play and then um, a lot of my best, some of my best friends play and we'll just go and play like wolf or something and have fun. But definitely I would say like, it's, it's a little bit, in the sense that it is like my job and I take it very seriously, but I still, I really love it. I mean, I love my job. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that's, we all wish we could say that. <laughs> and then yeah, take us from the beginning. Um, tell us about how you got into golf. It sounds like your parents play. Did they have an influence on you getting to the game? Yeah. I mean, um, my parents were really great. I'm an only child and my parents were really great in just involving me in all kinds of sports. And I was really terrible at pretty much everything but golf. And, um, my mom was actually a very competitive golfer and went to a few USGA events when I was a kid. And I would say I got to go with her to a US mid-am and then, I think that was when I was like fifth grade. And then I told her, you know what? I think it's really cool that you play. And I really would like to play if I can play tournaments. So I started playing tournaments at 10. And then I would say by high school, the goal was go somewhere, uh, play college golf, get a full ride if I can. And then once I accomplished, I committed to playing college golf my junior year. And then going into college, I knew, like, I would really like to pursue this professionally if I can. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. It sounds like uh, you were just naturally good at the game, uh, playing from a young age, playing tournaments and such. Me being someone who recently got into it, I'm curious. How long did it take before you broke 190, 80, those milestones? Would you happen to know? I'm pretty sure I broke 100 probably by 11. And then... <laughs> I broke 80, maybe at 12. Wow. And then 
I would say like I was like a solid 40 handicap at age like nine and then progressively as I, I think as you play tournaments and practice a little more I got a little a little better and then I broke so yeah I think I broke 80 at 12 and then 14 I was like consistently shooting in the 70s I would say my goodness my goodness <laughs> so uh growing up in the East Bay uh there's actually a lot of golf courses um in the Dry Valley area when you were competing was there uh I guess did you get to travel at all and try different uh different courses or like tell us about high school golf a little bit so high school golf I played a lot of NCGA events uh, Northern California Golf Association events I did a lot of JGA and C I would say California junior golf they do a really amazing job and I got to play there I did do AJGA events um mostly in California one in Arizona and then I qualified for the USJ four ball with Yoli Mino. You might know her. Oh you might know her. Yeah. And um, <laughs> we got to go to Stream Song, which is in Florida. It's one of my favorite courses now. But I would say yeah. it wasn't until college that I really like went around and got to play. Mm. Uh, my parents, we, we uh, vacationed in Hawaii, so I got to play in Hawaii. But uh, tournament golf, I would say, in high school, I think that was like the big trip was going to Florida and playing at Stream Song. Oh my gosh! With you, let me know. I'm curious. Did you know at that point when you played with her that she would be the type to be on the LPGA? You know, be representing. Of course. Oh really? <laughs> she was that good. That... Of course. Um, she's really hardworking, and I admire her. Even though she's like three years younger than me, <laughs> I love her. She's one of my friends, and um, I always knew she. She has, she's so gritty. I mean, you, she's naturally talented and very gritty. So those are two things you kind of see in probably the best golfers out there. And uh, I could learn a lot from her, even though she's younger than me. And then, um, no, but of course, I, I mean, I think it's hard for me not to believe in a lot of my friends that are still pursuing it. Um, because you just never know who's going to, come out of it or whose week it's going to be yeah. and um uh, that's kind of I think what kind of keeps you chugging along you know like it could be your week and just keep working and see how it goes yeah it I think what's interesting about the game of golf is uh you know one week you could shoot a 95 or maybe not you but you know you could shoot you know over 100 and then next week you shoot your personal best uh so I'm curious I guess when you're on tour and when you're playing in these tournaments um you know does it feel like if you know you're in the top three do you feel like oh that was my that was my week uh, i played really well and then that's something you can carry on to next week and like on the flip side if you miss a cut like i guess how does that feel how do you feel like oh i know my game is improving when week after week the scores could be very different Mm -hmm. I think it's almost finding little victories. I think I've had to really learn this in my career so far. I turned pro in 2020 um, after graduating, and I think it's little victories. Um, I mean, a top three, that's amazing. I think it's definitely easy to like take that and go to the next week. But I think for me personally, I'm from California. I'm from the East Bay. I've never played in 30 mile per hour wind. <laughs> uh, and like, I'm going to these places and I'm 
I'm learning how to do it, how to play in, this, in all kinds of different weather. And so I think it's like taking little victories. Like, yeah, I might not have made the cut, but hey, my first round versus my second round, I played way better and I can take that to the next week. Or I might not have made the cut, but I'm really seeing improvements in my swing and I'm feeling like I'm hitting the ball really solid and it just all has to come together. I think mm. it's it's finding the little victories and yeah, when things are great, obviously it's like really nice. It's like, woohoo. But um, I think especially cause I could get really down on myself. I'm not going to lie. Um, so it's kind of finding like the positives out of it. And uh, I'm really lucky. My mom travels with me and caddies for me and she's obviously a really good golfer herself. And I'm really blessed in that she can tell me really valuable information and tell me, Things she knows me so well too that she can tell me things that are definitely more personal to my game, um, and I think that I'm very blessed in that sense um, to have her and have someone like there kind of cheering you on. Um, it's been really nice. Uh, I I need to keep that in mind next time I'm playing 18 because being it's so easy to get down on yourself is something that I've learned uh, when picking up the game of golf. It is very easy to get down on yourself. <laughs> yeah, golf is such a mental game. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, the Bay Area and Bay Area golf. So you grew up in San Ramon, right? Um, what was your home course growing up or home practice facility? So I grew up playing at Crow Canyon. I basically lived at the range. And then, um, yeah, so I grew up playing there. Um, high school golf, we were really lucky. We got to play the falls course at Blackhawk. And that's kind of how I got my connection back into um, playing there now. Uh, I was like, I played high school golf here, and it's been really, really great um, playing. I mean, Blackhawk's really great, and I'm very lucky um, to be there. Uh, but, yeah, I grew up at Crow Canyon, and I played Bay Cities. I don't know if any of you guys did that, but it was like a little league, match play league, and you got to go around and play everywhere. So I had to play like Round Hill, Ruby. Um, I mean, I think I am realizing how nice it is, the Bay Area golf courses are, and how blessed I was to, truly blessed I was to play like top-notch golf courses. And I... I think the East Bay is kind of like this hidden gem. Like if you don't, if you're not from there, you wouldn't really know, right? Like no one knows where I'm from. No one knows San Ramon. But if you go and you play, it's really, it's really nice, actually. Oh, a hundred percent. I, I wish. So I didn't play golf growing up. I had picked it up after college, but I grew up in Danville, just one town over. And now looking back, like you said, there's so many nice courses there. I wish I had played as a kid and gotten the chance to hop on those courses and experience that um but yeah what, what would you say are maybe one or two of your favorite courses in the east bay i love black hawk i mean i really love it there's two courses um if i had to pick another one in the east bay that's tough i recently got to play diablo mm. and they just redid it and it is very nice um but, oh, gosh, I don't know. <laughs> the East Bay, yeah. I would say they're all pretty nice. <laughs> Do you ever play any public courses? I have. 
um, of course, but I haven't really played any recently. I mean, growing up, we would play like Pleasanton Fairgrounds, you know, the hon- honk the horn, go across the tunnel. Oh, yeah. Or, um, Man. <laughs> Diablo, Diablo Creek count. That's, I don't know if that counts as East Bay. Yep. Um, yep, that does. I'm trying to think what else. Oh, Calipe, super nice. Super nice. Um, there's another one. Oh, well, if you're like San Jose, does San Jose count? Kind of. San yeah. Jose Muni? Like Cinnabar. Have you played Cinnabar Hills in San Jose? I've heard great Is things about it. I haven't played it yet. It's great. And then Coyote Creek is really nice, too. I mean, all these I played because of junior golf. So it's like deep in the memory bank. I'm I'm old now. <laughs> Love it. I, I think a lot of our listeners are from the Bay Area or at least from NorCal. So definitely everyone will have to check out those courses. Um, but yeah, after junior golf, you decided to go to UC Davis, right? Um, and then a couple of your accolades. You were a 2017 Big West Conference Freshman of the Year. 2017 all big west conference first team and then 2018 19 20 big west conference all academic team so it sounds like you had an excellent college career um what originally drew you to uc davis i'm like getting red from you saying all those things (laughs) um so i was looking at three schools and what I visited all three and then Davis I really love Davis like the area it's more my speed I think I'm not the biggest city girl I think growing up in the bit like East Bay San Ramon it's like not it's just far enough from the city that I can visit but I'm not like living there so um there was like a familiarity uh at Davis that it was like a college town and also they were ranked really well at the time when I was committing and it wasn't like too far from home because originally I was like I'm getting out of here I'm leaving and then um I think I slowly realized like do I really want to be that far away (laughs) um so those were kind of the things that drew me to go there um yeah and then after UC Davis, you decide to turn pro in, in 2020. And now that you've played on the Cactus Tour a bit, Outlaw, the Women's All-Pro Tour, kind of curious from, you know, a bunch of golfers that aren't professional. I mean, what is that like balancing three different tours kind of at once? Or like, how are you choosing your events? And how do you kind of make up your year? So um, I would say that for me, the Women's All-Pro Tour takes is like the highest like most important for me to play just because of the opportunities with the tour and the benefits. Like if you are first or second in a tournament, you can go to an Epson event. And if, um, sorry. And if, um, you're top five at the end of the year, uh, you go straight to stage two at Q school and they'll pay for it this year. Um, so those tournaments have been like, that's why I'm mainly playing those tournaments and then the other tours are, um, they're great too, but uh, I play them probably more on the off season uh, when everyone else is playing. But yeah, I would say the Women's All Pro Tours of the utmost importance for me just because there's so many op- like opportunities there. 
Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Um, and then you said your mom caddies for you. Like that's gotta be a pretty, I don't know, crazy experience. Like what is it like having a, a work relationship and obviously a personal relationship um, with your caddy? So my mom and I are very close. So there's that fine line of like golf and personal. <laughs> um, I think cause sometimes she's like, I can like, get all frustrated and at the end of the day she's still my mom you know like she's she's not gonna be afraid to tell me like you are crazy like get it together or um she's not gonna she's not afraid to tell me when she doesn't think I'm making the right decision or um and she's also like very nurturing she's my mom right but um yeah I mean it's it's I don't think it's for all people, but for us, it works really, really well, um, having each other. And um, she sacrifices a lot going around with me. And um, I don't know, it's, but it's been really fun. Like, these are memories I'm going to remember forever. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Is she a really good golfer, too? She is. Her short game's still better than mine, and it's frustrating. <laughs> and our games are so different, you know? She's like straight not very long but very straight and short games just so awesome and then there's me who just am not straight all the time but hit it kind of long and <laughs> my short games my short games getting there i'm slowly starting to beat her in putting contests so <laughs> <laughs> i guess one one other question on your kind of pro career um as you think about your upcoming women's all pro tour events like what is like your top goal for for the rest of the year I think for the rest of the year, I just, I want to take what I've learned in this last set of events because it was crazy windy, something I never really experienced before. And I want to take it like to these next ones and see if I can really learn from it, you know, like really take it in. Um, but I also would like love to see my scoring average be anywhere around even if I could just be like four days even around even that's probably pretty doing pretty well because we're not we're um we're not playing like the easiest of courses and the easiest conditions so um I'd really like to see that um obviously that like of course I'd like to win one so wish me get, wish me luck because I really really would love love to win one um and I think in the how I see my game progressing, I think it's, I, I believe it more than I have in a really long time that it could happen. Mm -hmm. We will definitely be rooting you on and uh, hope you get that, <laughs> that win this year. Yes. <laughs> well, we have a segment at uni called Rapid Fire, and it's really just, you know, quick questions to get to know you a little bit better and let us know the first thing that comes to your mind. Um, so just a few questions. So, What's the top golf course that is on your bucket list? Augusta. <laughs> I would love to play Augusta. Oh my gosh, that Augusta is just, uh, it seems almost uh, like a fantasy sometimes to me. It's just, oh, <laughs> probably more people have a, I don't know, probably not true, but I would imagine uh, very few people have set, ground, uh, set foot on Augusta. Uh, so going along with that, uh, say you just won a major championship, so there's no masters for the ladies, but, you know, let's say the major championship, there was a champion's dinner. What would you include in that dinner? Ooh. So, like, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Wow, you really uh, – appetizer, I think we'll just say, like, 
bread, like a really good like loaf of sourdough bread like it, or something. Like it. <laughs> and then with some cheese and like a charcuterie board and then dinner probably steak i don't steak and potatoes and asparagus or something and then dessert i would have to involve ice cream because i love ice cream it's like my favorite food some apple pie with that ice cream maybe i you know i maybe some donuts too throw some donuts Ooh. in there <laughs> delicious um what would you say is your favorite or most important golf shot the one that you know when you are um you know playing for the lead uh down the stretch you it's your go-to shot probably like a three-quarter eight iron if i had a three-quarter eight iron i think i'd be like that i can draw a little i would be like okay i got, I got this i got this <laughs> Who is your favorite golfer? Steve Stricker. Ooh. I mean, Tiger, of course. Tiger, of course. But I, it's been Steve Stricker since I was a I kid. I like that yeah. answer. Um, if you're in a team scramble, you have one partner, and you need that partner to make a 10-foot putt on 18 to win, who are you choosing as your partner? MB. Oh. MB Park. I was going to guess your mom. <laughs> I, that thought crossed my mind. <laughs> um, what is your go-to saying after a bad shot? Uh, lately, am I allowed to cut? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's probably it's probably shit or a whispered like shit or um, like a whispered mother effort. I don't think I say the f word lately because I think I my mom heard me one time and got really really mad. So that I was like okay. I was like mother mother freaker or like something like that fudge <laughs> whispered though of course <laughs> <laughs> yeah fudge um rumor has it you play the piano and sing i do <laughs> what is your favorite song to sing or play uh i would say like my go-to singing song is make you feel my love but like adele's version oh, yeah love it love it i'm also a, a pianist and singer for fun so love to hear that oh yeah if i'm playing though i only really play ca classical so it would be like moonlight sonata is like the only song i really remember like really well <laughs> do you have a go-to warm-up song before a golf round so right now there's like two if i'm gonna listen to something it'll either be this song called rise by Katy perry <laughs> like an old song or uh one moment in time whitney houston <laughs> classic those are great i like it <laughs> dream golf foursome like what other three people steve stricker obviously he's my favorite i mean i have to go with tiger and then probably oprah if oprah would come i would really love oprah to come. i like it does does oprah golf <laughs> i don't think so i mean i would just I would just kind of want her there just to, it's my dream foursome. I can do whatever I want, right? Yeah. So I can just pick Oprah's brain and watch Tiger and Steve, you know, play great and impress them myself, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> I love it. Love that answer. Um, well, I think that's about all we have for today. Um, want to thank you so much for joining us. We'll definitely be rooting you on in all your upcoming tournaments. Uh, definitely stay in touch and uh, thanks so much for, for coming on to the Tossing Clubs podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.